you know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. Good morning. Good morning to you. I won't say what day it is because (laughs) we don't know what day this is coming out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is Sunday. But I wonder when we would actually drop it. Yes. We're figuring all that out. But how are you today? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I apologize if my voice sounds a little weird. I'm still, it's the morning. I just woke up like an hour ago and apparently it takes several hours for my voice to become normal. <laughs> um, so it'll probably normalize. I feel like we're on, we're on the same schedule, even though we're on a two hour time difference, but yeah, we're, we're in the true. same boat. So we're both drinking our coffees and mm-hmm. Having a Sunday brunch together. That's great. I love it. How was the museum last night? Oh, yeah. It was good. Um, It's funny. I went with my friend Molly, and we were spoiled, and we went to um, Rome together when we studied abroad there when we were 19. Um, Mm -hmm. So our – I don't know. We started high, and then to go to Pittsburgh Museum of Art was like, what is this? This isn't Caravaggio. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, I mean, it just sounds amazing. I would love to. I mean, one day I will experience that, but yeah, I have not yet. Sure. Um, it sounds so cool. Okay, let's. We, we um, have this museum, Denver, ooh, Denver Museum of Nature and Science, I want to say, that we like, I think we would really like. We haven't been yet, but they have a exhibit right now, one on sloths. Yes. And two on the history of guitars. Oh my god! So, <laughs> Dave and I need to go ASAP. Yeah, um, and for those of you who don't know, Daniel is a very talented musician. Yes, and he has recorded the intro to this podcast. That's we don't know him. what it sounds like yet, but I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> exactly, it's going to be great. Um, yes, he is. Um, extremely talented and you can check him out on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Apple, or well, what's Apple Music, uh, Google Music, anywhere you listen. Dan Plug. Lemire. <laughs> Dan Lemire, um, danlemiremusic.com. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Before we get started, I have to update you on my goddamn d- bidet. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. So I have been trying to install a bidet for probably two weeks now. Ordered one, couldn't get it to set up without leaking. Um, Then ordered a new one. And it, like, when you install it, the toilet seat had about, like, an inch and a half, two inches, two inch gap between like the actual toilet and where the seat starts because the bidet goes underneath that. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, you sit on it, you're going to break your toilet seat. So I had to order a specific toilet seat that goes with this bidet from the company. Um, 
it was a little expensive, but not nothing crazy. But I was like, fine, we want a bidet. It's still cheaper than getting like the full toilet seat situation. That's like $300. So you get these two. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> that comes in and I yesterday and I'm starting to install it. And I'm like, yes, finally, we're going to have this bidet. And they sent the wrong size toilet seat. Oh my God. Is I it got, too small like, or too big? It's too big. So like <laughs> our toilet, there's like a round size and there's like an elongated size and they sent the elongated <laughs> toilet seat. And I was like almost done installing it and like about to put it on. And then I was like, cool. This Why is- has this been so hard? Is the leaking at least done? Like it's not. Yeah. The leaking, because we took off the other one completely, returned it. Like our toilet is just normal functioning, bidet-less right now. And yeah, it's just mildly infuriating, but it's fine. It'll, hopefully they'll be able to switch it out for me. I emailed them and we'll see what happens. Okay. It'll be so worth it once you have it. I know. I forget. Have you used one before? I have. I have our friends up in the mountains have the actual like seat one. Um, It's all included in the, or it's like an all in one and the seat is warmed. Oh, Um, they have it hooked up to their like hot water too. And I don't know how to do that. Mm. So ours is just going to be blasting cold water into (laughs) our ass. (laughs) Good morning. Yeah. It'll wake you up. And your oh, ass will be exceptionally clean. So Love that's it. really the wow. most important part. Yeah. 2022 is the year of the bidet. It really is. Um, if I ever get it installed this year, it might be next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have like 11 and a half months. So hopefully. yeah, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> the new one comes in and I don't break anything else in our toilet. Yeah. Well, keep us posted. <laughs> I will. I will. It's the bidet saga. <laughs> Okay, so today we wanted to talk about frequently asked questions of travel nursing. Um, I mean, we're probably going to do more than one episode on this because I'm looking at this list and there's a lot of questions. Yeah, Um, it's pretty long. And there's a lot of information, but we're just going to start plowing through and we'll go back and forth, I guess, and Mm -hmm. just – Bang them out. And if you have any specific questions as well that we haven't addressed in this podcast, please um, comment on, I don't know, can you comment on podcasts? You can um, email us. Yeah. Um, you can email us at drunk or delirious at gmail.com with your um, other travel nursing questions. Um, yeah. And we will be sure to answer those. So, Perfect. um, yeah, the first question that we have on this list is, should I do it? <laughs> and I got this question so many times just working in all the different hospitals. And I'm sure you have too, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, the answer is 100% absolutely yes, do it. It's the most amazing experience for you as a person and for you as a nurse. Yeah, I, I agree. I think people kind of want to be told what to do, I think. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of fear um, because it is an intimidating thing. Um, quitting, especially if you've been at one staff job, it's like mm-hmm. it's safe, you know, and and to quit and do something like travel nursing, which I mean, I'm I'm comfortable with not working for a few months, but a lot of people aren't and they're not used to that. And they get very stuck on 
what if my contract gets canceled or what if, what if, what if it's like, mm-hmm. um, what if I don't like it? What, if, like, there's just so many what ifs and people get, I think, caught up in that and fearful. Um, and then they just want to hear like, mm-hmm. do it, you know? Or they're like, what? Are, well, I don't want to be away from my family or mm-hmm. like all my friends are here and blah, blah, blah. And I get it. It's different, you know, if you're doing it with kids. Yeah. Um, I can't, we, neither of us can speak to that, but as you know, young single women that we started doing this and yeah, we left places where our families were, all of our friends were, and that's really scary, but I am a huge, um, of the mind. I'm hugely of the mind that you should always move away from your hometown. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's such an amazing experience for you and really helps you grow as an individual and your family and your friends are always going to be there. Yeah. And, and if you don't like it, guess what? It's 13 weeks. Yeah. You can That's do anything months. for 13 weeks. <laughs> like you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And you don't, you don't have to do it any longer than that, you know? And at least you can say that you tried it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and especially nowadays with how desperate hospitals are, I guess I've heard of a few places that are like, if you quit to go travel nursing, they cut you off completely. But I think the most common thing is they'll take you back. I mean, I would say nine times out of 10. Totally. um, They will. They'll take you back. Because it's so much easier to take someone back that's already been fully trained at that hospital and in that unit than to hire a completely new person. So Yeah. Um, And then... The vocal, my voice this morning. Um, we have that morning phlegm going on. I really do. <laughs> it's great. Okay, I do too. Um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, I also think that even if you don't like it after 13 weeks, I do suggest continuing with it because every hospital is different. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, especially right now, hospitals are desperate for nurses And there's reasons for that. One, because, you know, the pandemic is surging. And two, because nurses are, you know, either fed up with their hospital, with their management, with, or just with, you know, being a shift worker in general. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to see like one unit could just be the nurses are treated horribly and you come to, you go to work and you leave and you want nothing really to do with that place or another place. You meet a ton of amazing people and you really just like vibe with the unit and with travel nursing in general. And so I do think that it's important to, you know, stick it out for a little bit. Yeah. And try California at least once because those ratios are fire. Yes. Oh my gosh. Labor laws in California are amazing. Um, that's where I grew up and that's where I went to nursing school. So when I moved out of state, one, the pay is insane in California. And I moved out of state and was like, oh, this is like appalling. Um, and yeah, you, staffing ratios, you never have more than two patients in the NICU. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I can't really speak to all the other units. It's like three to one, four to one med surge. I don't think you can, I don't, I don't think you can go over four. Maybe some places have five, but I doubt it. Yeah. I remember like being a traveler in California, I would be the first one to get three babies. Um, Mm -hmm. and they would all be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm Mm -hmm. so, you know, so apologetic about it. And I was like, honey, 
go to Pittsburgh. I dare you for an hour. You won't make it. Like, yeah. Um, it's it's completely different. It's just completely different out there. But even the three baby assignments that I would get in California were like so easy. I mean, all the babies were so yeah, they're so stable. Like it's like three NG feeders. Like you won't even like you might have a nasal cannula, but you probably won't have a CPAP. But like I've seen an assignment. I mean, this is like in crazy times and everything, but it's still not okay. But recently at the hospital that I was at in Pittsburgh, I saw an assignment where someone had um, an intubated micropremie who was le- less than 30 weeks. I mean, I would say he was probably like 27 weeks um, intubated in like 50%, getting a blood transfusion that day and indocin. Um, They had another baby that was like, I think pretty stable. Uh, I don't really know the details of that one, but a, st- a stable second kid. And then the third one had a chest tube and then co- not coated. I'm sorry, that's dramatic, but like went apneic and we had to bag it and then got intubated and was on the oscillator. And that was the assignment that she kept all day. And she's doing doing labs on that kid and everything like that. Plus have trying to figure out, how, you know, giving blood is like, it's a process. Like, you know, you have to give it within 30 minutes of it arriving in the unit and everything like that. Like, and you have to be monitor- monitoring them for like a reaction. It's just- Heavy. Yeah. It was it was ridiculous. I mean, it was extremely unsafe. She did a great job, the nurse that had the assignment, but um and they couldn't even do anything about it because everyone else's assignments were so heavy. Um yeah. like and the charge nurse and like I don't even know if we had like charge probably had an assignment and like we didn't have any extra hands. So like but that I don't think I mean maybe it's busier now, of course, in California just because everywhere's short, but I don't think that would happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. And the other thing in California too, I mean, I can't really speak to this, but my assumption is that because they're paid so well and they're unionized and their union supports them um, through staffing ratios, pay, through breaks, everything, that there probably aren't as many nurses leaving. (laughs) Right. Um, At least at some of the hospitals that I know pay an insane amount of money in the bigger cities. Um, I don't know about like middle, not middle of nowhere, but middle of the state, <laughs> California, um, desert areas um, along the I-5 corridor, but where the anyway. aliens are. Yeah. So yes. Um, well, that see, yeah, we're going to definitely have to do two episodes because we just talked for like 10 minutes on question number one. <laughs> okay. Question. We have a lot to say. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We have down, how do I even begin to get started? So yeah, where, how would you, where would you recommend to start? My recommendation with that is just kind of start, well, having a city in mind, like have a couple cities in mind of where you want to go and just kind of start like browsing the internet for jobs and like what's available and if that's if you really want to get into a certain city, um, certain job, then you will have to find a travel agency that has that job versus going with a recruiter that you find and then just trying to get you whatever um, jobs they have available. So the difference between that is hospitals have contracts with search, certain travel agencies. And so a recruiter will only have 
you know, jobs to those hospitals that their travel agency has contracted with. Whereas like it's different all over the country. So I don't know if I'm explaining that well. Um, Hannah, (laughs) no, that makes sense. Um, so just kind of like start testing, like dipping your toe in, seeing like what is available and then kind of go from there. Um, Vivian is a really great resource for this as well. This wasn't available when um, Hannah and I both started travel nursing and this is what I've been looking at and and she has too for her new job. Um, It just shows you what's available around the country in your specialty. So, and and it's just all different um, agencies. Right. Yeah. I always describe it to people as like Expedia for travel nurse jobs. Yeah. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like when you are trying to find the cheapest flight, it's like, I'm trying to find the best paying travel nurse job and it Mm -hmm. shows all the agencies. I think that's like, I wouldn't do it any other way now. Like, and there's also another one called Wanderly, Wanderly, W-A-N-D-E-R-L-Y. And Vivian is like the name, V-I-V-I-A-N. Yes. Yes. (laughs) For clarification. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I would just start there. Type in, you know, you type in your specialty. We would type in NICU and we would say, like for me, I'm doing travel nursing like more local this time rather than going across the country. Mm -hmm. So I could type in like Pennsylvania and then just see what comes up and then you can see, get an idea Mm -hmm. of at least. Um, Because sometimes people are very specific about where they want to go. Like they'd be like, I want to go to um, Augusta, Maine. And it's like, I don't really know that there's like, there's like not a lot going on in Maine, like besides Portland is like the major uh-huh. city with the hospitals. Um, but a lot of Maine is super remote. So um, that's like a specific ask. Like you probably won't find something there. You'll have to so wait a just, while. Yeah. So don't just like get a Maine license and expect to that to work right. out. Like you have to confirm that there's going to be a job for you. Um, yeah. And then. Yeah. After and don't th- get any different licenses until you have an agency because they will reimburse you for those once you start your contract. So yes. don't just like go ahead and get all the licenses that you need. We can talk about that later too, about how to figure that out. But yeah, um, I think, yeah, Vivian and Wanderly are like the way to go now. And like for me, I am also doing more local because I'm keeping my full-time job. So I'm trying to look within Colorado within like an hour to two hours of Denver so that I can manage it. Um, And this is a really great way. And it shows you a lot of, so there are a lot of different agencies that will have the same job as well. And it'll show you the pay rates for each. So you can just choose the agency that has the highest pay rate. Like it's amazing because this is not how it was when I started. (laughs) No. I remember when I first started, I had a book called Highway Hypodermics, um, which like talked about travel nursing, but it was very overwhelming. And I remember taking notes on it. Um, And I, there was one section that listed all of the different travel agencies and I wrote them all down. Like I was about to do, um, I was about to do like research on each agency individually. And I was just like, I was so overwhelmed. At least yeah. now there's more resources. It's It makes it really easy. Um, and with like comparing the pay packages too, um, like I have a guy with Total Med that I adore. He's like, if I could work with him for every single um, contract, I would. But 
sometimes his sometimes total med sometimes they do have the best pay packages and sometimes they don't. It just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking at a job up in Du Bois. Du Bois? I don't know how to say it. It's in Pennsylvania. I think it's in middle of nowhere. Du Bois. <laughs> I think it's I think it is Du Bois, but randomly. But yeah. um it could be Dubois. <laughs> um, but the, Total Med had the job and then someone else had the job and the other agency was offering more. And I like texted my guy and I was like, Sean, like, is there any way that you guys could match this? And he was like, let me see what I can do. Like, let me talk to my boss, basically. So mm-hmm. you can all, you don't know unless you ask. That's totally. always like you can role. negotiate your pay. To, to an extent with an agency. <laughs> um, yeah. And when I started, I got a recruiter recommendation from a friend of a friend who had been a travel nurse for like 10 years. So I just used one recruiter, which is like not what people normally do. Um, and now I will, I'm going to do it differently, but I loved working with her. She was awesome. And maybe that agency it was onward healthcare which is like a sub company of AMN um maybe they didn't always have the best pay packages but i knew that my recruiter had my back and would you know like fight for me and get me the best that she could so i stayed with her and i stayed with one agency because i was like for some reason really concerned with having consistent <laughs> health insurance which we'll get into mm-hmm. as well um and i i think it's because i was i you know i started when I was like 24, 25 and that, you know, you had just gotten on your own health insurance and like not having it consistently, like made me really nervous. And um, so that's the way I did it initially. And you can totally do it that way if you find something that you like, but just know that you might not be accessing all the jobs that are available and the highest pay packages. So it's kind of just like what you want to do with travel nursing and your comfortability. Right. Yeah, it's there's pros and cons to both. It's it's nice to stay with one agency because yeah, you might have someone that you like. You can stay on the same health insurance plan. Your 401k stays the same mm-hmm. cuz it is a pain in the ass to have 401k's all over the damn place. So you really need to be organized. Unless you just <laughs> like well it's hard because a lot of some travel agencies will match your 401k and some don't. So if you have one that matches, that's pretty great. But I was going to say, you could just have like your own personal 401k that you put everything into, but then you're going to be like missing you're losing out, out on some of the, yeah, some of the tax benefits to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot like it's, it's stressful for people. It's mm-hmm. It's hard to know. Part of it, I feel like you just have to figure out what works for you, but it depends what's most important for you. Like, totally. But at, for me, at, after doing it for a while, yeah, switching health insurance all the time is annoying. It's annoying, but it's not like hard it. or yeah. the end of the world. Um, and same with the 401k. It's like annoying. But you can transfer that money over. Like mm-hmm. what I, I've done is I have like an account with Charles Schwab. So I've rolled over my some 401ks to yep. my Schwab account, created an individual account. That way I can kind of like put them all in one area. Yeah. But it's not like you have to do that now or even next year. Like right. you can keep as them long, all open. It doesn't matter. Right. As long as you 
stay organized and, and make sure you know where your money is. And mm-hmm. um, that's the biggest thing. You just, you don't want to lose out on that, but, um, yeah, but it's possible. Agree. Like it's possible to, to, to do this as long as you stay organized. That's a big thing too. <laughs> Keeping all of your, so each travel nurse or each agency is going to require the same thing. So you want to keep your license available, your resume, your references, all of your certifications that you have, like keep that in one spot so you can just give it to them very easily because they're all going to want it. <laughs> you have that all over the place. It's going to take you way more time than um, necessary to get started with an agency. Right. And you want to be fast about it because <laughs> jobs go overnight. Yes. Yeah. And pro tip, if you use something like Vivian or Wanderly and make a mm-hmm. profile on there, just do it once. Put all your information on there. You can upload all of your certifications and your resume and all of that stuff to Vivian and Wanderly directly. And then the second you get in contact with a recruiter about the job, a job that you like on one of those apps, um, then they can pull all that info and then they'll, mm-hmm. they'll have to ask you for a couple other things. But that way, most of the work is done. Yeah. And a lot of them have been filling out my profile on their own agency platform for me. Like they're like have filled out all of my past work history and everything when I like log into their online thing. And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, this yeah. Is great. So nice. Yeah, it really is. <clears throat> Okay. So we kind of talked about how do I pick a recruiter? I feel like we talked about that. Yeah. Um, um, how does pay work? What is a housing stipend? Yeah. It's real confusing <laughs> at the start. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> at first. Now it's not. Yeah. So every pay package that you get is going to have, I'd say like three different parts to it. You're going to have your base your hourly rate um for your hours worked um is going to be one chunk of it a second chunk of it is going to be your meals and incidentals so a lot of companies offer like a daily meals and incidentals rate or like a weekly meals and incidentals rate so that's kind of something for obviously your meals um for gas for buying new scrubs, kind of stuff like that. Some agencies also give you a stipend for scrubs, but some don't. So you have your hourly rate and then your meals and incidentals, and then you have your housing stipend. The only thing that is taxed if you are not a local traveler, so if you're just a regular traveler, um, is your hourly rate, your meals and incidentals, and your housing stipend are untaxed. Right. Which is yes. like cash. That's how you make so much cash. That's so like, exactly. So when we were talking earlier about how you can kind of negotiate your pay, one of the biggest things you can do is at least ask if you can have a lower hourly rate and a higher tax-free stipend. Mm-hmm. So I have worked contracts in the past where my hourly rate is 20. You, I've heard you don't want to go less than 20 an hour. I've heard yeah. there's some issues there. Because you want it to be something that's like actually what a, a nurse would actually get paid. Cause that, that'll look um, fishy to the IRS. if not. Right. So yeah, I've had some that are pretty low and that's good because that's what's reported to the IRS for your taxes is 
what you're making hourly. Your tax-free housing stipend, you don't have to report that money. Um, mm-hmm. So you're not paying taxes on it. So it might look like when you when it comes to paying your taxes, it might look like you made like you maybe you made forty thousand dollars for the year or mm-hmm. something like that. But really, you made a lot more. But you're not you don't have to like pay taxes on it. So that is one of the huge benefits of travel nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's that's the best part. I would agree. And there's a couple. So the differentiation between a regular traveler and a local traveler yeah. is most agencies require you to be um, 50 to 60 miles away from your your tax home or wherever you're living, um, your residential addresses. So if you're within that 50 to 60 mile range, then you're considered a local traveler and everything is taxed. You still get a stipend, um, but it's just going to be taxed. Right. It's still good money and it's still a great option for people. I mean, you might as well be a local traveler rather than being staff. You make way more money. money. <laughs> yeah. And you can keep extending. Um, I know a lot of places, though, are don't like tra- taking local travelers. I don't really know why. But so you just got to kind of like feel out the hospitals. Um, and then what was I going to say? Oh, a, a lot of agencies also offer the option to take company housing and not get your stipend or get your stipend, and then you have to find your own housing. Majority of the time, you make more money if you find your own housing. Yeah. Um, Highly recommend that. Right. People ask me about that all the time. I have no experience with taking company housing. Yeah, me neither. Um, I've always just found my own. Because whatever, like, I don't even know. I'm so bad with numbers. But, like, they give you more money than you need for a rent. Because you're paid weekly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like if weekly pay, especially now, I mean, contracts are like $4,000, $5,000, $6,000, $7,000 a week. Probably not as much in the NICU, but like NICU, you can get four to five grand a week. Easy. Um, Yeah. I mean, and then your rent, I mean, it depends on where you are, but even if you're paying $1,000 a month, I mean, that's pennies to you. Um, Exactly. Yeah. So. um, It's worth it. Yeah. Something like. I guess if we're moving into the housing thing and everything, um, like people get really confused about um, the the tax home and Mm -hmm. duplicating your expenses and everything like that. So that's where things get very tricky because everybody does something (laughs) different. Um, So we'll just tell you like what you're supposed to do. Um, I know people do other things, um, but what you're supposed to do is – if you are, this is not, this is if you're not a local traveler. This is if you are a regular traveler that is over 50 miles from your tax home. The expectation when you get the housing stipend is that you're paying two rents. Mm-hmm. That's why you're getting all of that extra money. It's so that you can afford your <clears throat> mortgage or rent at your tax home and another rent in wherever you're traveling to. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the legal way to do it. Yep. A lot of people, I mean, I don't think it's very common for nurses to get audited, but by the IRS, but it has happened. So it's something to just be really aware of and be really careful about. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I was traveling, I, my tax home was my 
friend's house um, because I traveled with my one of my best friends. So I paid her rent every month to rent out a room in her house in Colorado. And then we traveled together and, you know, split the cost of our housing with our stipend. And we still made a ton. She was, she still was paying her mortgage every month. Um, Mm -hmm. So she had a real, the true tax home situation. And then I was just like renting a room from her essentially. So um, that's kind of how you do like, you want and you want to keep that documentation and that paper trail in case you ever do get audited. And I want to say you could get audited like five years later. I think you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Um, it is. When, well, <laughs> some people will um, like rent a room from their parents, like, or mm-hmm. yeah, like Emily did with a friend. Um, I feel like that's a good way to go about it. But like, yeah, like Emily said, have a paper trail of that um, because you don't want to get knocked for something stupid. Yeah. it's And it's, I think it's just a good rule of thumb to just do that in general and not try to just like skate around it. Um, I don't know. For me as a person like that makes me highly anxious to just like not have anything um, showing that I'm paying duplicating expenses. <clears throat> So, but I know people do it differently, but I just feel like it's kind of saving your ass. Right. Um, Because I know that I've gotten, and I can't remember what these um, letters were were about from the IRS, but I've gotten a couple letters from the IRS and I think it had nothing to do with travel nursing, but you could, and you know, you get your like daily updates on your mail like you can't from USPS. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like scans all the mail that you're going to be getting? No. Oh, what's it called? <laughs> um, it's, you can just sign up for it. It's very easy. Um, oh, USPS informed delivery. So it tells oh. you, you get an email every day showing you what mail is going to be coming. And so I oh would see that I was going to get, getting a letter from the IRS and like panic. You're like shitting yourself. I yeah. was like, oh my God, they're going to, they're going to audit me and I'm going to, Oh my God, it was, it's terrifying. So, um, it's yeah. really scary. I mean, it's, I think it's random, but I, I really would hope that people aren't, they're not coming after nurses, especially now I go after the big fish, go after Trump, you know, <laughs> like go after the big people that have like billions yeah. of dollars and not the nurses that are fraud. Yeah. Taking care of all the sick people. Yeah. Cause <laughs> honestly, like travel nurses make good money, but it's like, we're, we're not millionaires either. <laughs> like no. let's, let's relax. But yeah, at the end of the day, moral of the story is, um, yeah, just be aware of that and try to do it right. You know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just be smart about it. Yeah. I would say. Um, and we can also like, answer specific questions if you guys email us about that as well like tell us about if you have questions about your specific situation and whatnot we can try and answer that to the best of our abilities or mm-hmm. um refer you to there's a really good website as well um like it's like a travel nurse tax website that they have like specialists and stuff that can help you out i can't remember what it's called <laughs> um 
another topic we can talk about on housing is like how we both found our housing in each different yeah. city, which yeah. is another stressor. Like I will say that travel nursing is not without stress. Um, and as someone, like I've said, I just have like a high anxiety is is my baseline. So the transition for me between each assignment was a little stressful. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to find a new place to live, trying to figure out, um, how to get all, you have to pack all your shit up, put it in your car, like drive across the country, like find a new place. You know, it's a little stressful, but it's worth it. But yeah, going into like how we've found our, um, places to stay in the past. What, um, yeah. You, Hannah. Um, I think my number one recommendation is furnishedfinder.com. Furnished finder. Sorry if I'm like mumbling sometimes. Um, I think that's the best website. It's interface is a little bit not, it's not like the most user friendly, but I've found really good places on there for pretty good prices. Um, just in comparison, like I have used Airbnb for a few assignments before, Mm -hmm. but I feel like Airbnb adds on so many different fees. Like they add their own tax. They have like a cleaning fee. There's Mm -hmm. like a lot of stuff that's added on. So like when you see the monthly price and then you go to check out, it's actually going to be like $500 more than what you thought. So yeah, um, kind of a pain in the ass. I think um, Furnish Finder is cheaper. Um, Most of the people who are on Furnish Finder are also healthcare. So Mm -hmm. they're renting their room to another healthcare professional. So like I'm staying in a furnished finder apartment right now in Philly. Um, so like my roommate is a surgical tech, so he's renting out one of his spare rooms to, to me. So um, it's nice just cause they, I mean, I feel like nurses when, what is it? The most trusted healthcare or most trusted profession, right? Mm-hmm, Every mm-hmm. year or whatever. So it's like, you kind of, I mean, hopefully know that like, the people you're staying with are safe and and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and my boyfriend, Eric, rents out his – he owns a condo in Seattle. So he rents that out to travel nurses too. So, yeah, I think that's the best. What other yeah. ones do you like? So I have used Airbnb in the past. And some properties that you find aren't going to – don't charge as many of those extra fees or they have a discounted – rate if you do like longer stays. So I found that 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 has worked out for me really well in the past. And then also the travel nurse, um, gypsy Facebook website, um, Mm -hmm. has just like the general travel nurse one, and then they have a specific housing one. So you Mm -hmm. can post in there and say like, Hey, I'm looking for housing in this city from these dates to these dates. Does anyone have any leads? And there's a lot of people that are on furnished finder or like have their own properties that they're renting. Um, or there's other travelers in there that can recommend places that they've stayed. Um, and a, a lot of times people, if you're, and you can do two different things, you can rent out an entire place or you can rent a room, you know, in someone's, um, in someone's house. So there's a lot of options out there. Um, we personally, because it was my friend and I, we always rented out an entire place. Mm-hmm just so we could like have our own kitchen and like working night shift. It's really, we were like a little wary of just like Mm. people being loud and whatnot. I'm a really light sleeper. She could sleep through anything. So, but um, it's more probably more so me. Like I probably won't be able to sleep. Um, But yeah, it's, 
I think that's probably what I used. I don't think we ever used like Craigslist. We used Furnish Finder as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used Zillow once. Um, in Phoenix, I was able to find it was someone's house. I think it they spent like half their year in Phoenix and half their year in, up in Canada, and it was during COVID, so I think they were like stuck up in Canada. Um, so they were renting out their whole. Oh, it nice. was their home, like it was furnished. Um, so we were able to be like, are you willing to do it for us for three months? And they were like, yep. So that worked out. Um, and that was pretty cheap too. So, I mean, sometimes you do have to do a little bit of searching. I think yeah. we turned to Zillow because we weren't getting responses on Furnish Finder mm-hmm. and, and we weren't able to find anything anywhere else. So sometimes you have to get creative. I've never been like without, like, I've never been like panicking, like, oh my God, yeah. I have nowhere to stay. Like this time around, um, going to Philly was I was the most last minute with this because I initially was going to stay in New Jersey at my parents' house. Um, and it's about an hour commute with no mm-hmm. traffic to Philly, but there's always traffic in Philly. So I yeah. bet you it would be like two hours. And that's um, rough. And I there's no way I could do that twice a day that driving four hours and then you're working for 13 hours. So yeah. how many hours do you get to sleep? Like it would just be a nightmare. So I, anyway, yeah. I decided kind of last minute, like, oh, I should just stay in the city to give myself, you know, even though I'm paying, uh, you know, extra rent, like, it'll be, it'll be worth it. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, I'm going on a rant here, but that was probably the most last minute I've looked for housing and I still was able to find something. Yeah. Um, we, we've had a couple of situations where we weren't able to find something for our immediate start date. So we had to stay somewhere else for Mm -hmm. a week or two and then move into like our more long-term apartment. Um, That happened to us one, two times, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Nope. Three. (laughs) Um, So when we were in California, we couldn't find something that started until like three weeks after we were going to start because my first contract initially got canceled we were supposed to be like over in Oakland and we had this really cute place and then they canceled our contract and then we had to find a new one and we went to um a place over in the the not East Bay um like the peninsula like south of San Francisco Mm -hmm. and so we had to like we're kind of like scrambling but luckily my friend's mom lives probably like 30 minutes from the hospital we were working at and she had two extra bedrooms so we were able to stay there for 3 weeks until we like were able to move into our more long-term apartment. Wow. And we were able to also extend that apartment um you know once we um Extended our assignment, my God. Um, so that a lot of places are pretty flexible with that unless they have – you just kind of have to give them some notice because they can uh, fill up um, yeah. with other travelers yeah. after your uh, date and date of your contract. But we did that there. And then in Connecticut, we had to live in another Airbnb for like I think a week and a half before our apartment was available. And then – um, when we were in Boston, we had to live in another place. And then, <laughs> well, we lived there. And then my friend was going to extend her contract up there. And I wasn't. So mm-hmm. we had to end that 
um, apartment early and then I moved into a different place for a month and then she moved somewhere else. It's like, so you just have to be really flexible. That's like the main thing with travel nursing. You do. And you have to be like, I I think it's helped both of us because like Emily mentioned before, like we're both anxious. Like I feel like it's helped me Mm -hmm. to not sweat the small stuff because it's like sometimes shit doesn't go the way that you, you think it's going to go. Um, and you have to just be like, it's going to work out one way or another. Like, it's probably not going to be easy or like what I want, but like, if I have to stay in a hotel for a night or like keep all my shit in the car, like biggest advice is not biggest advice, but one, one piece of advice is like when you're driving with all your stuff in the car, like I just put a black sheet over everything. So it's like hidden, you know, like it's stressful as hell, like having all of your personal belongings in the car and you're just like on the road and especially when the drives are like multiple days and stuff and and you're just not feeling settled it's it's a lot but it all works out and it's an experience and it's worth it totally and another recommendation is do not bring all of your things um I brought way too much way too much with me that I like absolutely would never need um and I mean I overpack in general so but you're the goal is to find a place that's furnished, like has everything that you need, has your glassware, has silverware, has linens and pillows and everything. And if you have, you know, some particular things that you want, like you can only sleep on one kind of pillow or whatever, bring that. But like, you don't need to bring like your own bed linens and your, all your own towels and all of that. Like your the place that you're staying at should have all of those things. Yeah. Pack light. I packed way too much. Pack Always. Um, it was a nightmare to move. Yeah. Time. I And like, oh, man, I could go on and on about this. Maybe we can talk more about packing in the next episode. But yeah. Yeah. Because I could, I could go on. <laughs> but hopefully this, um, this answered people's yeah. questions and at least gave a good like foundation of understanding the, totally. the basics of travel nursing. Totally. And again, if you have any more questions, any specific questions, email us at drunkordelirious at gmail.com and we will um, answer your questions on another episode. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll talk to you probably in five seconds when we record our second episode. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.